and the best products right always are amazing at you know a few three four you know things limited set of things a narrow set of things they are world class at it before they kind of really become broad based you know a wide uh, amazing solutions at a variety of things Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of How to Product, a podcast series on product management brought to you by PM School and your host Arjun Jain. This podcast series is focused on bringing in product leaders from across the globe and creating valuable content on product management for our listeners with a key focus on early in career product professionals. Are you looking to make a career transition to product management? Take the first step to becoming an amazing product manager with PM School's flagship program. We do everything we possibly can to kickstart your pm career throughout the program you will become familiar with a broad range of topics such as product discovery product roadmap market research agile scrum product development and planning which will provide you with a strong foundation to become a skilled product manager check out pmschool.io and apply for the next cohort now in this episode we're going to talk to a very special guest and understand his perspective on growth what product management is not about and some more exciting topics so let's get into it It's an absolute pleasure to have Mikhil Inani with us here today. Mikhil is the CEO of Apollo Finvest and he likes to refer to the company as the AWS for digital lending. Mikhil has previously been the director of product at Hotstar where he headed the growth and consumer products and prepped Hotstar for the IPL 2018 launch. He co-founded Farmeasy, a product I believe we've all used and heard of. He was also the head of product at Coupon Dunia. Mikhil is a Carnegie Mellon alum which is another feather to his hat. Mikhil thank you so much for joining us and taking time out to do this. Absolute pleasure to be here. Awesome. Mikhil I'm going to jump right into questions. You've worked in various industries like uh, was clear from your introduction and roles as well. You started off as an analyst I believe and then you had you were heading machine learning for a while for an organization which is a tech heavy role and then you moved to product at Coupon Dunia you ventured into e-pharma with its own set of challenges then into video streaming entirely different world and now fintech if i may right so how did you really zoom out and look at transferable skills uh, that you had while making these drastic transitions in industries and in your career and what are some tips for us to keep in mind while making these transitions a great question you know i i, I get asked this quite often and sometimes i also look back and and wonder you know how have i've basically transitioned and honestly the the only thing which i've you know kept very constant is fundamentally just you know being passionately curious uh, about a particular space and every time i venture right to be very honest uh, you know two things have always been consistent one i've kind of respected the space uh, and understood that this is going to be different uh, you know so spent a lot of my time and bandwidth doing as much research as possible to prepare myself to do the best job i can and you know the way i kind of did research was you know two things right fundamentally um spoke to as many number of users as possible but that's understood because we're on the pm podcast mm-hmm. that's what all pm should be doing but i think the one thing which a lot of people don't do is actually talk to your competitors right mm-hmm. um you know th- this is this is one thing which i think right even if you're a pm or an uh, or an entrepreneur right i think a lot of people kind of completely block out their competitors but you know i have a reverse way of thinking here 
you know before i enter any space i try and talk to as many people who i think may have as much knowledge about this space and you know usually your competitors are that right and every time i have right. interacted with you know team members from you know competitor organizations or even entrepreneurs over there you know they're usually been very very forthcoming in terms of their insights and you know just their general uh, know how about that particular industry um and you know in many ways it kind of helps you reinvent the wheel uh you know prevents you kind of from wasting time and trying to solve problems or you know being surprised at problems you know when they come to you you know because if you speak to your competitors as an example they'll already tell you that this is what the state of the industry is right and information from them is pretty golden right and i think the the last thing which i always kind of would tell people right you should always take on roles which kind of scare you a bit at the start mm-hmm. um you know i remember the very first uh, you know time i became a product manager was when i became the head of product at coupon dunia right? right so uh, you know uh, it was quite a transition from going to from being a head of machine learning to going to be the you know head of product you know at that point in time Uh, this is back in 2011 i you know remember before the first day i was actually wondering what is even a product manager supposed to be doing right <laughs> uh, what does this even mean right because uh, you know that's that's how I, you know paranoid i was and that's how honestly uh, you know scary it was right but right. i think ultimately uh, as long as you know you do that your bit you know scared before taking on new roles you will go in um, with that much level of uh, i guess you know paranoia to kind of do your best job ever right because you'll do as much research you'll, you'll you know learn as much as possible about that field you'll understand the best practices that a pm should be doing right. because you have that imposter syndrome going on uh, as well right right um, so these are just few things to kind of keep in mind very interesting so just to summarize like i think you talked about just one thing that stayed with you is you've been very passionate about and curious Uh, about any space that you've joined and you've respected the space you've spent time and bandwidth to actually do research before you get there spoken to as many people as possible what's really stood out to me was talking to your competitors like you said not to me people do that uh, right but when you spoke about um, you taking on roles that scare you a bit at the start i'm sure that is backed by uh, sort of some fundamental belief that you can actually do it right um, so i wanted to understand I mean- that a little bit more Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Ultimately, you know, to be very honest, um, definitely that's true, right? Because somewhere in your heart, of course, you know, you you know, you believe you can do it, and that's why, in the first place, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you'll attempt a startup, or at the same point in time, you know, uh, if it's that you know golden, uh, you know, job opportunity, you will apply for that role, right? But I think uh, you know, somewhat, it, it is also you know, uh, you know, that risk-taking ability as well. right where you fundamentally kind of back yourself that you know uh, you know it's pretty simple right like most of the time what i've kind of realized right and it doesn't really matter what job role that you pick up uh, in which company you know there are about 90% of the people in most organizations which actually do a job right which is like you know pretty much uh, you know just doing this because they need to make a you know living right. right but it's the top 10% who genuinely you know are in that role and they actually care you know and this has just been you know something which i've noticed for the last decade or so right and you know usually if you really really care right um you will be doing a better job than most of the people in that uh, in that job role by default right because most people actually just don't care enough um 
and that also becomes a massive superpower right right and ultimately also when you get into so many different spaces you know uh, a lot of the you know learnings that you have from multiple spaces you know the foundational principles kind of remain the same right which is ultimately obsess about your customers right, right. build something which they really really will love uh, and you know it will basically deliver roi right so it's it's just a consistent thing and at the same point in time you know finally every time you enter a new space right you are entering it with a very uh, obviously the foundational first principle but at the same point in time you know you are going in with a blank slate and almost acting as a customer in that space saying that this is what i would want right sense. and you know you kind of forget whatever is uh the biases or defaults in that kind of industry mm-hmm. because for you everything is new so you don't accept defaults or your mind is not uh you know channeled in that things are this way right you question everything and generally when you question everything right uh it potentially can lead to really really amazing insights or new solutions which you know are possible in today's day and age and they probably weren't possible a decade or two back because you know the solution or the technology for that was no longer present right awesome uh i'm going to switch gears quickly right and i'm going to talk about product growth for a bit right and i want to understand from you so what does product growth mean to you and if you had to put it in context of a product that you manage maybe let's say let's take hotstar as an example uh how do you really measure growth and what does product growth mean to you in that context i mean fundamentally right like if i talk about you know hotstar right if you know what you have to do as a product manager in these companies right uh, whenever you are in a large company like a hotstar right mm-hmm. uh, this is especially true this is also true for even small companies but fundamentally i think the biggest role that uh, a product manager kind of plays is unifying the entire company right mm-hmm. so you know just to give a simple example right so when i entered hotstar you know that we had about 7 million monthly active users at that point in time right so uh, you know even back then that felt like a pretty large number right uh, but one of the first things i kind of recognized in that you know uh, organization was that it's it's pretty large as compared to you know previous organizations and startups i've basically started or been in mm-hmm. um and that led to potentially a lot of um, you know a lot of uh, different divisions pulling in different division you know directions leading to sub optimal output of the entire company right right so the f- number one thing when you talk about growth right is about basically determining with the entire company what is that single metric which is the most important thing to you right yeah um so when we talk about growth it's very important to clarify and quantify what does that mean yeah. and that cannot mean 3 4 five six different numbers right it should ideally be just one metric which is identified agreed with the key people inside the organization that okay guys this is the number that we are going to be chasing right. and once that's been agreed right there has to be a defined period of time uh, you know which should be minimum at least a period of you know uh, a quarter at least right which mm-hmm. the company overall agrees to follow on right and and really go after as long as that basically happens right you have solved 50% of the problems right okay because what usually happens is that when there is no 
you know in a company which is as massive as hotstar right or any company really mm-hmm. there will be many people wanting to do different different things and that will basically eat up the resources of the company right. and instead of doing one you know thing really really well you'll end up doing 10 things in a very suboptimal manner right. usually leading to suboptimal results right? right and the best products right always are amazing at you know a few three four you know things limited set of things a narrow set of things they are world class at it before they kind of really become broad based you know a wide uh, amazing solutions at a variety of things right? right so my philosophy is always that you know how can i become world class at a limited narrow set of user experiences mm-hmm. and i should really be renowned for that right and in order for that to happen everybody in the company has to be pulling in the same direction and the minute the kpi is the same right for everybody in the organization everybody will start thinking about possible solutions to move this number in the right direction right and then there will be a flurry of ideas which will keep coming to you and your job as a product manager then becomes super simple because you're just measuring two things right ease right. of doing this that's number one number two the difficulty level of doing this right so how much is this going to move the number and second what's my engineering bandwidth uh, going to be taking in order right. for me to do this right once you combine these two things an immediate order of priority comes in and then there is no question of politics there is no question of you know uh, playing nice cop bad cop because any single time a person actually comes up to you with an idea or really pushes saying hey i really need to get this done you know there is these two simple uh, ways in which you are going to analyze and determine on a scale of 1 to 5 you know how much is this going to move the needle and what's the engineering you know complexity yes, level of actually yep. getting this implemented right yep. the minute you set up this stuff right you have actually laid the most important foundation towards the growth of any company or any product hmm interesting so you spoke about coming up with that one number right it's i'm sure it's uh, it's often like it's easier said than done right so uh, how, like if you could walk us through what is the process to get there sure so i'll give you an example right so basically mm-hmm. at hotstar when i started right like i think Uh, you know at that point in time we kind of you know had a discussion internally and you know the question at that point in time was what phase is the company in right? okay so at every different phase of the company uh, you know usually one of the two things are important right it's either growth or it's either revenue right, right? it's 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 pretty simple when you think about it mm-hmm. uh, when you are in growth phase usually in startups there is no um, you know people are usually ready to sacrifice a bit of revenue in order to achieve that growth right because you're looking for product market fit you want to get a lot more people kind of to get used to your product before you kind of try to really heavily monetize right mm-hmm. and that was the phase that we were at hotstar right so that really meant if you're looking to you know hyper growth uh, if you're chasing right what does that really mean in terms of numbers right so at that point in time we determined that the number basically meant the watch time per user per day right that was the number that we wanted to really improve on right okay not number of users nothing like that we really wanted to basically focus on what does true growth basically mean uh, from a usage perspective and that was watch time per user per day right, right. Uh, when we started right this particular adventure and when i started my time over there we had that number to be around 17 minutes and i think after doing this for a couple of quarters we had moved that up to like 35 to 40 minutes essentially wow. right um so the whole company was laser focused right 
Mm-hmm. And when you say it's you know it's easier said than done, but you know that's really what the responsibility is of a product manager, right? right. You're not you know in many ways you know people have to understand this, right? Uh, the only person that you know, uh, only person that you have to on you know pander to you know as a product manager is honestly the user, right? right. You know you're not there to be somebody's best buddy as an example. You know you're not there to be uh, you know somebody's uh, you know. Uh, I don't know, right? Like basically, a, some angel to somebody, or you know, right. doing favors to anybody, right? Like the right. main goal here is to push the product forward in a direction where the users are absolutely going to keep loving it, right? Right. And once you kind of become a custodian of the user, right, you basically just ignore all of the noise, right? And that's right. where you know it's very important for two things to happen: one, to have incredibly strong-minded product managers. Mm-hmm. right who are heavily influenced with data and with customers but that's really about it and mm-hmm. secondly even from an organization dna perspective right you have to build this in right where it's a very data driven and you know user uh, consumer focused kind of company right. uh, because the minute you kind of uh, you know go the other direction right which is you know uh, pushing random features or you know random feature requests as an example uh, because of somebody's some exo essentially wants it you know um it becomes chaos right and this is where strong pms are very very clear in terms of their thinking and direction and have the ability to actually say no because that's what a pm really is right like essentially the ability to kind of say no to people yep. and influence the right direction even though technically you're not the ceo right, right. it's very right. cliche to say this but that's yep. really what it's all about that's true yeah so okay so you you spoke about hey what like even in our first conversation right you spoke about uh what should a pm really do and even in this conversation you're talking about that i uh, so we even in out there everyone's talking about the good sides of being a product manager without really talking about the fact that it's not for everyone right and it's even though it's really just a generalist role um so what do you think are the aspects of product management that are not rosy and do you have a story from your own career where you thought to yourself saying hey why am i a product manager oh absolutely right <laughs> like i mean uh, you know uh, very honestly i never thought to myself why i am a product manager because very honestly i think you know i personally feel like in my case at least i just felt like if not this i don't know what else i would do <laughs> right mm-hmm. uh, you know i would be pretty much jobless you know if i couldn't be an entrepreneur or i couldn't be like a product leader i think these things come naturally to me but at the same point in time of course there are challenges right because right. you know ultimately when you think about being a product manager it's about you know uh, there are so many things which a pm does not do right, right. Uh, and all of this kind of adds up as an example you know uh, most of the pms they don't code you know uh, most of the pms as an example you know they're just writing documents as an example you know most of the people uh, they're just telling other people what to do or being like coordinators between different departments yeah. and you know being this kind of quote and quote messenger it's very difficult to earn the respect of your colleagues right yeah. and that they should trust you essentially right but that's the you know this is where great pms um you know have to do the things which i basically mentioned right it is your job essentially over there to show them that you know you are basically leading the company and the product in the right direction right. make sure that you get the buy in from every single person deliver insights by your interactions with the customer right 
and lead to actually showing people you know by numbers that the direction that you are pushing for and making all of these team members work really really hard towards right that building features day and night because they believe somewhat that the direction that you are taking them is correct right. but the way to kind of superimpose this right is you know one of the things we used to do at hotstar right is that essentially every single month right we used to have a town hall Mm-hmm. and we continued that even at you know uh, at apollo and we used to do this even at farm easy but we had a town hall in which basically the entire company will be there mm-hmm. every product manager along with the developer who actually build those features from the previous month right would come in showcase the feature that they built okay talk about you know if it's an old feature they would talk about the numbers that it moved right because essentially all of them were moving a single metric we would we would force pms and developers to talk about what was the impact of the feature that you built right and there can be only three impacts right, right. one is it will move the direction in a positive direction second it will move into the negative direction third will have no impact right. if it's a negative direction or no impact it goes into the hit list of being potentially killed over the next couple of cycles right because we give pms and developers the opportunity to work hard on it iterate for a couple of more cycles but if you cannot prove that your feature is pushing the larger you know number in the right direction it will be nixed right? right so in this way what used to happen is that the best pms used to come up with the you know uh, ideas or they used to come up with the features which are actually pushing you know the direct product in the right direction, right direction deliver that by numbers and by default everybody in the company not only by the way used to respect the product manager but they actually started developing um you know you know respect for even the developers and by the way the developers themselves started feeling a lot more motivated to deliver these kind of things right, right. because every time you are going up on stage every single month you don't want to be the developer or the product manager who built a feature which has you know uh which has a poor performance or no effect mm-hmm. right so you will start taking this job extremely seriously your developers will start double questioning your product manager that hey guy you know i'm building right. this stuff working my butt off better not be embarrassing you know a month down the line right, right? because right. when you go on stage you're going to be presenting two things one is what's the new thing that you built hmm. second what's the performance of the previous thing that you built right, right? Uh, and this is a practice which will keep product managers honest it'll keep developers honest but at the most point most important time uh, most important thing it will automatically lead to meritocracy because the people who by numbers demonstrate their ability to always in the face of ambiguous data push in the right direction automatically rise to leadership positions or get that respect from their colleagues and by default you know uh, lead and get into these uh, important positions into the company right very very well said and i think uh, already so much to take away from this conversation but mikhil before you go uh, please do leave our listeners with tips to rise and shine in the product role i mean you know uh, you know my first thing i would tell people right which is you know one thing which is incredibly important right and i don't think this is done enough is essentially obsessed with your customers right uh I said one thing earlier in the podcast right which is talking to you know your competitors and understanding the landscape from them but when it comes to deciding your product roadmap deciding what you're going to be building the only person in the room which is important is the consumer right right not what you want not what your boss wants not what some ceo wants right mm-hmm. 
you are the guardian and custodian to the user really really respect that role right uh, one of the things i have seen a lot of you know entrepreneurs and pms struggle with right is the fact that how do they separate themselves from the product right hmm. a lot of the times pms and and entrepreneurs end up building products which they want to use or they want right mm. uh, but that's a very very big fundamental mistake because ultimately you don't matter right in many ways building a great product is like being a monk and completely kind of letting go and allowing your user to kind of you know be the real uh, person that you're focusing on and building everything perfectly just by the way they want it and and the easiest way to kind of do that in your organization is to ensure whenever people say that they want this feature you know they should be saying that the customer wants this feature right? right and even though this is a very simple exercise it eventually makes people incredibly honest when they talk because you know if they want the feature it's very difficult to keep saying customer 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 yep, right yep, because yep. ultimately they'll catch themselves out right so that's right. that's the first important thing i would basically say uh the second important thing i would basically say is you know make sure that you know the entire organization is incredibly well organized right because i've mm-hmm. heard of you know i've seen many many startups and i'm assuming a lot of the people who are listening here right is are basically people working in startups you know i think there's a big misconception out there where startups are chaotic mm-hmm. as a product manager it is your goal to basically kill the chaos right yeah. uh, you have to move quickly but it's very very important to make sure that you're moving in the right direction Mm. right uh, there is no uh, you know what's better than you know uh, failing fast is basically you know building in the right direction right if you're running and you're running in circles it doesn't help so right. you are again the direction keeper make sure you keep the right direction and move the ship in the right direction otherwise it's a lot of energy basically wasted right, right. and finally the third thing i will say is that you know you are basically somebody who has to inspire your team right yeah. so take care of them uh, because it's important that you know they are not burnt out it's important that they know ultimately uh, they are the shining star right because mm. they are the ones who are actually building the stuff that you're requesting them to build and you pms would be pretty much useless without their teams right so right. don't ever forget that in your journey and you know i have a very simple philosophy when it comes to working with my team right i i drive them like absolute uh, you know as if it's you know as if it's world war 3 i'll you know i'll i'll get them into that kind of siege mentality but at the same point in time i make sure that you know uh, we party hard as well uh, because that's what really leads to the real bond and yep, you know yep. you will be able to tackle any problem in front of you so just yeah. these three things i would tell you to keep in mind yeah i know the last one isn't spoken about often right it's the human aspect of uh, of being a product manager your your stakeholder management is something people call it uh, and like there are some hard skills that come there but with soft skills just taking care of the people around you is really important and i'm glad you brought that up because uh, like we don't talk about it often absolutely mikhil again thank you for your time uh, there's so much to learn from this conversation and i'm sure our listeners will benefit greatly so thank you again thank you so much thank you pleasure Mikhil had some great points but one takeaway for me was to talk to competitors how often do we talk to pms or other folks from companies in the same space as us and just understand the problems that they've already solved 
If you're interested in solving product case challenges or experiencing what a PM does by stepping into the shoes of a product manager in a live program, you should check out pmschool.io. If you like what you heard, do share this with friends, family members and colleagues and give us a rating on Spotify. We'll be back with another one very soon. Until then stay curious and stay safe. This is your host Arjav Jain signing off.